There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. Now moving on to dun dun dun, the next book in our adventure series. Take a walk on the wild side. Sit here, honey. Take a walk on the wild side. We're taking a walk on the wild side today with Ehsan Paham Al-Awadi, who's been reading Woman in the Wilderness, a story of survival, love and self-discovery in New Zealand. A bit about Ehsan before we go any further. First of all, welcome to the studio. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. It's wonderful to have you with us today. Um, So you are a director and producer at Expo 2020 Dubai. Very exciting. Um, You've written here for me that your interests are social change, futurism, artificial intelligence, and alternative storytelling. What do you mean by alternative storytelling? So I think story is a bigger subject. When we say storytelling, we talk about it um, as though it can only be in film or book, but I think that exists everywhere. Story in marketing, story in advertising, story in just your daily life. So I'm interested in just abstract contemporary ways just art pieces, people acting like different people for weeks at a time. There's a lot of story in that. So all those different ways of storytelling, um, I just love exploring. I think that's the thing that we love the most on Talking of Books as well. I know we're called Talking of Books, but ultimately the thing that unites everything that we talk about and what we believe in at the festival as well is just our love collectively of a good story well told, however it's told. However told, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I think story is so important to, to, to all that we do. It's not just a book, as you say, it's not just a film. Um, there are narratives throughout our daily lives without us realising they're happening. The uh, narrative that we're going to be talking about right now is Woman in the Wilderness, a story of survival, love and self-discovery in New Zealand by Miriam Lancewood. Now, this is the inspirational story of adventure and bravery about how one woman learned to dig deep and push the boundaries in order to discover what really matters in life. And basically, Miriam is a young Dutch woman. Um, she has swapped a, a life as a teacher in, in a city, a, a life that many of us will recognise, you know, modern life, for a life lived in the wilderness, not in a cabin, but in a tent. She hunts her own food. She's uh, moved out into the wilderness with her husband as well, so she, she has her partner there. Um, and she forages on um, plants. She relies on minimal supplies. And for more than six years, she has lived this way through all seasons, often cold, hungry and isolated in the bush. And she absolutely loves it. Now, a few minutes ago, we asked all of you if you would sw- if someone gave you a golden ticket and said, look, if you use this, if you cash this, then you'll swap your current life for the one that Miriam leads. Would you do it? I'd be interested to know, would you, Essan? Um, in, a, in a way, I think for me, it's inevitable that eventually I will do it, to be honest. It's just a matter of time. So I stumbled a, uh, upon Miriam's story a few years ago. And when I heard about it, I was just amazed. Um, and I could understand uh, what she's thinking about. So she speaks a lot about connecting with nature that seems to underlie every decision they make. And I spent um, a couple of weeks in a jungle in Cambodia very very secluded place very far away from everyone else and what i found there is just being able to cut out that noise which is so difficult to do in your daily life especially in a busy city like dubai um that's that's very interesting as well because we're in possibly the extreme end of that spectrum over here and when i spent that time in the jungle what i discovered is that the effort it takes to even meditate back home 
Mm. Uh, it's just it just takes a lot more to get to that state of mind. Whereas where you're close to nature, it almost happens instantly. Within a few minutes, you already feel like you've let loose of that noise, and you're listening just to yourself and uh, thoughts that you're having about now instead of the future or the past. I think it's interesting you pick up on noise there because it's true. If you go somewhere more secluded and you don't, it's like you don't know what you've got till it's gone. You don't notice how noisy it was until you've left that behind. I think just listening um, to bird song, for example, um, I, I'm quite a keen gardener um, and I just love being out there where there's no traffic noise um, and you just become aware of, of all the sounds around you and the, and the birds and the, the cats scattering through the uh, through the bushes. So we, we actually had the opportunity on Talking of Books a while ago to, to speak to Miriam and one of the things that she talked about was this, this idea of awareness which I think you've picked up on as well by talking about meditating being so much harder where, where we are here um, and things like alarm clocks are not things that she needs, she basically rises with the sun and, and her, her days are dictated by the weather, by the sun rising and setting um, so do you, do you genuinely th- how long do you think you would actually last though? I think I, w- I hope I would last for good. I think I would last for good. It, I mean, it's one thing saying it. So when I said that I would uh, go out to the jungle, I thought I would be there for a month and I lasted two weeks. Mm-hmm. But I have an idea now of, you know, what it is that I need to work on for myself in order to be able to do that. And I think it's different person to person as well. I think some people are just more capable of disconnecting easily um, and reconnecting. But for others, it's a matter of getting that practice and just like meditation takes. And I say meditation, but that could be prayer. That could be any form of, you know, you closing your eyes and thinking about um, how you connect to whatever you believe is the natural or the supernatural. I think the thing that I would struggle with the most wouldn't be nature. I think I think you learn that as as you go along. You learn how to adapt to your surroundings. I think it would be leaving the people I loved behind because she she lives with her husband she's lucky um but i think it's different if maybe you're embarking on something like that on your own um and also if you're very connected to your friends and family back home and and you basically live somewhere very close to all of your extended family that must be a lot harder yeah the whole lack of communications i I think would be would be very very hard for me i i agree that you you want to I, I love connecting with family with friends and i think that would be hard to step aside from that hello welcome back i'm annabelle corson from the emirates lit fest here with my co-host yvette judge who is standing in for isabel in the studio today it's a roundup of books on memorable journeys exploration and adventure on talking of books today so this seemed appropriate so we're taking a walk on the wild side with Esan Pahamalawadi today, who's been reading Woman in the Wilderness, a story of survival, love and self-discovery in New Zealand. Um, so we're in the middle of talking about this. We've introduced it. Basically, Miriam Lancewood um, abandoned modern life for a life lived entirely in the wilderness, um, in a tent with her husband. She hunts for food, and that's something that we'll return to very shortly. Um, she basically rises with the sun and she goes to sleep when it sets um and that's the life that she's lived for about six years now or or more because i think the the book came out um a while ago now 
Um, so yeah, she's a young Dutch woman. She's living in this nomadic life in the heart of the mountains in New Zealand with her husband. And it's the kind of thing that I think a lot of people at one point or another, I mean, you talked about going to the Cambodian jungle and really enjoying that for two weeks. Um, it's something that I think a lot of people romanticize about and, and they think, yes, I want to just go off and live in a, in a cabin in the woods. I want to live in the wilderness and do what Cheryl Strayed did or... Um, maybe less successfully what Christopher McCandless did. That's not romanticized at all. Um, so I just wondered what your take was on that. Do you think that we, that it's not, that we're not all cut out to do this? Um, I think we touched on it earlier as well. I think some people are more cut out than other people to do it. But my personal opinion is that we are all cut out to do it. It might take some work for some people to do it more. That doesn't mean we have to do it, but I think it's something we have to remember. So if we think about it as a inverse luxury retreat, right, where you go to relax, whereas here you go to connect with nature and sort of trying to realize how are my feet supposed to touch a floor? We walk on smooth surfaces all, all the time and we kind of forget that our feet are made for non-smooth surfaces that are difficult to walk on. And that kind of stuff really reminds you that you're part of nature, that your feet and the ground are kind of made for each other. And whether everyone can do it or not, I really, I would recommend everyone try it. I'd say for at least a month, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's difficult. Everyone has their lives and they have to come back to their work, right? So to take a month off is not easy for anyone these days. But if you can, I highly recommend a month. I think the reason I'm, I'm drawn to asking about this as well is when I first heard about Miriam's story and and saw the, you know, the, the back of the book and what it was about, I just thought, well, surely everybody would want to do this. Surely this is everybody's dream. And I was surprised. I know. So Yvette's giving me this really shocked look. <laughs> um, I, I was surprised by how that was not the case for a lot of people. And, and in fact, that was their worst nightmare. And it's interesting because on the back of the book, it says that, that this book is perfect for anyone exploring the idea of living a more authentic and real life. But that's not necessarily everybody's authentic real life, is it? Um, there are particular moments in the book about her experiences well that I think really spoke to you both. I think hunting came up for both of you. Um, Explain to our, our listeners uh, why that stood out for you in, in her memoir. So the hunting really stood out to me because Miriam initially was very hesitant about the idea of hunting for her food. Um, but kind of nature looks at you in the face and says, hey, this is happening. Everything is moving on. And what happened is her husband started becoming less capable of going out every single day and hunting. And this, they're out there as a team. So she decided that, okay, I, I have to make this sacrifice. I have to learn how to hunt and I have to be able to provide for myself. And then what comes with that, obviously, and I think a lot of hunters speak about this, is that sacred connection you feel when you hunt. It's, it's, not, it's not a happy thing to do, but she does, she, she says she appreciates the food she eats much more than she ever did before when she she didn't have to hunt for it where she'd go to a supermarket and someone's already done the part where they make the connection with with the animal in this case. Yeah, I, I think for me that, that is something that a lot of people will, will find difficult. We, we don't have connection with our food anymore. We don't know where it comes from. Um, it's interesting that even when you buy food now and, and okay, I will do, do my, my French experience, <laughs> most restaurants there will tell you where the meat has come from. They will say which farm it's from. Really? Yeah. So there's much more of a, of a, of a connection um, and it's the, 
yeah, that the, they care about where the food is from, and and she's taking it that that next step. And I think for many people, that's and in my head as well. Actually, that's a very difficult boundary to cross be, between seeing something on the plate and actually mm-hmm. hunt, hunting it. Yeah. Um, also I want to convey to the listeners as well so this book it's got some wonderful photographs in it as well so you can um, see some of uh, Miriam's experience and it's incredible to see the New Zealand landscape as you as you read her story as well um, so Esan you're actually going to be speaking to Miriam at the festival which is incredibly exciting um, as you were reading what were the, some of the questions that she didn't answer in the book that you really want to know the answer to well, one thing that I've always thought about, and it, it popped up several times while I was reading the book, is where do you draw the line? So I th- it's about once a month that Miriam goes to a store to just get basic essentials, kind of like supporting essentials. It's it's a box. It's uh, maybe two feet by two feet worth of stuff per month. So it's not a lot of stuff. But for a lot of people, that could be the kind of thing where they say, well, you're doing this. So why do you draw the line here and not elsewhere? Does it matter? And I'm I'm really interested to find out from her what she thinks about that because she hasn't specifically um, addressed it in the book. I've watched tons of her interviews, so I've I've been obsessed with her life for a few years. To be honest <laughs> with you, and that's something I I, I just want to hear from her um, to know what she thinks. Yeah, I, I liked what she said as well um, when we spoke to her about how she communicates with the outside world. So um, you mentioned that she'll go into, say, like a town or wherever there's a store um, to get supplies. Um, she also tries to like go to internet cafes and, and log on to, um, basically she's got an email address and she logs on wherever she manages to find a computer with Wi-Fi connection and then she'll check and then that's it for, for a while. Um, otherwise, what she likes to do is she likes to write letters and uh, she sends letters and one of the things that people in her life have said about receiving her letters is that they're wonderful because not only are they handwritten but they always have the smell of the campfire attached to them as well which I think is a really nice touch and again we go back to sounds, smells, just engaging all of the senses um, which is something that comes through I think in the book is incredibly important to Miriam and that connection with with nature. Um, Is there anything else that you would like to ask her um i i wonder about the spontaneity you know how easy would we say we want to live a spontaneous life all the time i think everyone's in agreement about that but then part of that is also letting go of planning and organizing and routine and, and things like that so she talks about how spontaneity is a big part of what makes her happy on a day-to-day basis over there but i wonder if everyone is capable of just going there and saying there is no plan for today, tomorrow, next week, next month or next year and letting the days come. I'd I find that so hard. <laughs> yeah. And also, I plan next yeah. Christmas. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> I, I actually, so this is the thing about Yvette. This is true. She really is a planner because I can't tell if she's joking. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that is hard. And it's what, particularly if, you, if you've if you got a family, you've got a job, you've got all those things, you are so used to knowing what, what's happening next, next tomorrow, next week, etc. That to actually stop that, and, and when, okay, when, when we left here and we went to France, and actually there, there was an element of that, and I found that a little bit scary. I'm like, wait, what are we doing today? Oh, that really doing? appeals to me. 
the blank expanse <laughs> of the calendar really appeals to me. What are we going to do today? It's exciting. Um, but that actually, I'm so glad you mentioned that because we're talking about Miriam Lancewood's book in the context of a wider discussion about adventure and exploring. And later on in the show, we're going to be talking about Sir Ranulph Fiennes and Gavin Thurston as well and their experiences. And what came through for me for adventure was, yes, a lot of it happens on the page and happens when they actually get there. But there's this planning that you don't see behind it, behind successful adventures and trips into the wilderness, which is why I found her take on this so surprising and her reliance and love of spontaneity. Because initially when I I thought I thought about her life, I thought there must be an incredible amount of planning going into every single day of her existence and that thinking that through 24-7 must be completely exhausting. But that's not the case. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, we spoke about earlier whether people are capable of doing it and whether they should try it. And when we plan and organize, so that's a healthy way of living. But it can get to the point where you're, uh, so the planning is serving you. But then some people become almost obsessed with the planning to the point of not knowing why they're planning so much. So I think taking yourself out of it for a while can sort of allow you to, you know, rejig your thoughts, organize your thoughts and plan your thoughts better for the future um and that i think that's something that you know we should look at as well for our own health uh, thank you mark for texting in uh, the full name of this author is miriam lancewood and the book that we're talking about is woman in the wilderness a story of survival love and self-discovery in new zealand uh, miriam lancewood is coming to the emirates lit fest which is why we're talking about the book today and she'll be speaking on one of the weekend days at the festival so the festival is happening from the 4th to the 9th of february and if you want more information about um miriam because we are drawing to a close um in the discussion very shortly you can go to emiratesLitFest.com and her biography is there and all the details about her sessions as well. Um, One thing I wanted to highlight as well is in addition to her conversation with you at the festival, she'll also be part of something called Dispatches from the Wilderness, which is happening on Thursday, the 6th of February. Um, So this is for anybody who's interested in lots of different stories um, about exploration and beyond. Um, She'll be appearing with Gavin Thurston, who'll be talking about later, who is a uh, BAFTA and Emmy award winning cameraman, uh, wildlife cameraman, as well as um, Kate Humble, who we talked about earlier, and Ali Al-Saloum of Ask Ali TV show fame, who will be exploring the relationship between the UAE's natural environment and its culture. So it's a little bit of everything to do with wilderness, exploration, adventure, and incredible journeys. And that's Thursday, the 6th of February at 7pm. So I recommend you go to that as well. Definitely. And and um, just to confirm that Miriam's session is on the, the 8th the of 8th February, of February. Yeah, 10 o'clock. So thank you get much. yourself there for that weekend. Um, Essan, we are unfortunately going to have to leave it there. Um, but any parting thoughts about who you'd recommend this book to? I would recommend this book to anyone who feels like a, a little bit overwhelmed about the speed and the noise of things and finds it challenging even to get into meditation, for example, to clear your mind. I think have a read about it. And as you go through this book, uh, piece by piece, you really start re- seeing things the way she sees it. When you start this book, you might feel like she's describing things in a way that's a little bit alien to us. But as you go along, you start understanding her and you start seeing things from her perspective. And mm. I think that's one of the beautiful beautiful uh, things about this book. Well said. Um, SM Paham Alawadi um, there today, who's been reading Woman in the Wilderness and reviewing it for us on the show today. Thank you very much for joining us. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.